0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Talking About Music with Friends. My name is Brendan Michael Brady.
1: I'm Blake Allen Harms. And this week we, are, we welcome back Yusuf Ahmed Oman.
0: Yusuf. <laughs> welcome blah, back. Blah, blah. <laughs> man's is hot um
1: what an honor i did
0: a, a slight disclaimer <laughs> for this podcast okay yosef wanted to talk about uh more life by drake the 2017 playlist album where drake <laughs> just decided to be jamaican so i will try to keep my um accent breaks at a at a minimum i know that they can be annoying and uh, maybe in poor taste at times so i will try not to um be in poor taste uh, with that said, Yosef, what's going on? How you been this week?
2: Uh, the week's been good. Got my second dose today. Um, Ooh, how are you feeling? I'm excited. In two weeks, I'm going to be out in the wild. You know, Memorial Day, perfect timing.
1: That's
2: <laughs> Good. Are you feeling any side effects? Uh, not at all. I, the, I guess I had the National Guard administering the shots. But the guy uh, was like, "All right, drink lots of water, eat lots of food, take lots of ibuprofen." I'm like, "Is this the is this the COVID shot or am I having to battle malaria here?" Yeah.
1: Uh, Are you a doctor? <laughs> yeah,
2: but I've been staying hydrated, so I had to go to the bathroom a lot. But other than that, I'm I'm feel I feel fine. I heard this the symptoms kick in the next the second day, so that's when
1: I felt mine. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, I feel fine tomorrow. We'll see.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to get the, the J&J one done, so I never had to have the, the second shot blues, but thank you for potting through the pain. We really appreciate you uh, being on here. Um, and like I said, we're, we're talking about Drake's 2017 album, More Life, today. But first, uh, Yusuf brought to us a profile uh, that was in the Fader a week or two ago about the rapper from TDE uh, that is the music label um, his name is Isaiah Rashad you might remember him from some of his 2016-2017 work um, he put an out he put out an album then but he had kind of fallen off the face of the earth and then this profile of him came out in anticipation of his newest album releasing and Yosef uh, big shout out to you for putting us onto this I had kind of seen it floating around but I hadn't hadn't read it so thanks for her thanks for giving me the the kick in the pants to read it um, what did mm-hmm. you think of it
2: I really enjoyed it um, I had read it before, prior before I came on to the show and so when you invited me back on like we definitely got to discuss this because I mean it's definitely obviously like illuminating like we've all know of like celebrities from you know our parents or grandma's generation who've battled with addiction and bounced back in their career whether it in middle of their career and they've just had a resurgence, but Azir Rashad, I mean, I said, maybe aside from Kid Cut, Azir Rashad is like the one artist I can think of off the top of my head who, um, that, I, that I followed first mixtape debut album and then just poof, just disappeared. And so when this um, profile came out, obviously obvi- when an, an artist is featured in the news, they're gonna release a new album or a project or something, you know, and so I was like, oh, Isaiah Rashad is, you know back make music and so when i read that article i was shocked that to hear that it was because he essentially just went broke because of his drug addiction um i don't know i was just really impressed by the way he just kind of just was open about you know his addiction and just being honest and i think it's a very millennial thing it's a very young person seems to be like yeah look i was on antidepressants yeah i had severe anxiety you know uh, it's, it is what it is but i I mean doing he and he talks about he's doing normie stuff like listen to murder mystery podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy definitely, you know, is a millennial. But overall, there was a lot of good quotes. Um yeah, I think we talked about it on the kind of before we hopped onto the the podcast about I really like the long form version of it when you kind of read about music news, aside from it coming from the Rolling Stones or maybe the New York Times from John
0: uh, John Car- is it Carmonica? Anyway, John Caramonica, great yeah. um, music critic for the New York Times.
2: They're just short and concise and kind of hit the points. But this one really went in depth. I mean, the interview kind of traveled with him and his entourage, got to meet his young son. So overall, a great profile. I don't want to spoil it. But if you I mean, if you're listening to this show and want to read a really good uh, article or, inter- or profile, this is one to read this week.
1: Did you? I yes. uh, after I re- read it, I was really fascinated in how in how um, Isaiah was going to bring his experiences into his music, because I think a lot of times that creates a really powerful new approach to music, um, or it can have the opposite effect, like <laughs> where you're like a whole person, but now your music suffers, kind of like a Kanye with, <laughs> with his most recent album thing. I don't... I didn't really like it but maybe maybe someone else out there did um so I wondered if you had any thoughts on on that from just knowing more about him than I do
2: (laughs) I think it'll it'll make it'll improve his music kind of the same way that kind of Kendrick Lamar talks about like the issues close to him on his projects I think with Kanye yay was just really sloppy I mean he did talk about like his mental health issues but the quality of music was just bad. And I think it was, the album was rushed and he had talked of the album for months, if not years. And then when it came out, it just they didn't meet expectations. Whereas Isaiah Rashad is kind of coming back from like a deficit, whereas like he's kind of digging himself out of a hole where he's like, okay, I've kind of sobered up. I came out of my act. This is going to be talking about what I really want to talk about as opposed to, I mean, when you sign on to TDE, I can't imagine signing on to TDE and being like, the face of the second generation is kind of what they called him and SZA and then kind of falling flat. Like his albums, like I loved his his kind of debut album, but it just didn't resonate with critics and kind of like slowly start slipping. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. It is hard to, I can't imagine what it's like to deal with substance abuse and then be like, hey, this is me coming clean. This is me just being vulnerable. And this is my music, you know, I mean, Kid Cudi did the same thing. I want to, I can't remember the album that he put out um, prior to he went to rehab, but it was not well received. And I think it may have affected him, you know, mentally, but
0: I don't Bullet to hell.
2: Yeah, yeah, the one where he's like trying out the guitar, you know, Um,
0: I love Kid Cudi. I will not stand for any slander, but yes, that album was kind of bad.
2: And it, and, it, and it took, yeah, and, it, and you know, kind of took its, well, probably took its toll on him, but I think Isaiah is yeah. gonna, especially given COVID, like he, you know, he's probably might, he may headline, or not headline, but be at least on build for some tours next year. I, I'm, I'm thinking that i happen happen but in terms of like getting back to where he was, hard to say, but I think this might be his most genuine and maybe his best album.
0: Yeah, I I really love the profile. I thought that it was reminiscent of some of the other stories that you hear about um, from musicians going to rehab or finding treatment for their addictions. Uh, One that instantly comes to mind for me is Anthony Kiedis' Scar Tissue. That was a memoir that he wrote in like 2004 uh, with Larry Sloman. He's a famous writer and it's just very raw. You realize that addiction is a cycle for a lot of people and it's a a very harrowing disease. And yeah, it sounds like he did find some solace. I have a quote here that, uh, that says, that's not to say things have been perfect over the last 18 months. There have been short bouts where he's hit the bottle again, but they didn't result in wrecked cars or emotional carnage. A few weeks ago, he recommitted himself to staying sober, or at least California sober. And for those of you who don't know what California sober meant, uh, that means that you do not partake in any substances except for marijuana. At least that's what I've come to understand it as through pop culture. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought that the conflict in his life was compelling. I thought that his story was good. I love his song Heavenly Father and I hope that the the newest album comes out as a smash.
1: Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. I just I really like to to see somebody commit themselves to like healing and I think that's sh- shown through just on how on you know he he found it through through some therapy and in in a program and I just think it's any any time a person can write vulnerably about or interview vulnerably about that process it's always really a benefit to all of us so
0: yes good profile go check it out it's Isaiah Rashad's cover story for the fader that like I said released a week or two ago I'm looking up the exact date it was for the May 2021 cover story of the fader magazine go check it out moving on to our next section we have currently listening I I just have one for this week um I had I found an artist through uh through one of my various channels named DJ counseling uh they're an electronic artist they make DJ music <laughs> its the best way I can describe it it's really good house music uh, I've been getting into ambient music lately and just kind of stuff to put on in the background because for so long I was very hesitant to listen to electronic music and similar genres but I'm kind of diving into it I, I like this album it's groovy or I guess it's not an album I just like I've been listening to his various singles but it's a it's a good sound. Yosef what have you been uh what have you been listening to this week
2: uh this week I've been listening to opera music um hell yeah I I don't know why maybe it's because I'm learning this new pasta dish so I've really just been vibing with it uh opera music um but since we last talked or since last I was on the pod I was been listening to classical music um on the homepage of my Spotify it's best classical music talking about music with friends and sleep playlist that's kind of what i've been listening to you know i i like we, to hit, we
0: appreciate the support
2: yeah i like to hit i like to hit a refresh like a restart this time of year just kind of do like a music cleanse because summer is when all like the fun happens and you kind of go into fall but yeah i like to kind of take a break and listen to that. I, I sometimes just go back and listen to podcasts but yeah listen to as of last week I was pop, uh opera music but in the last month I've mostly just classical music just good just
1: good music to like listen to study to go to bed to, you know uh, that's real nice um I don't really I I uh one artist that I listened to I I originally found them a little while ago when a friend turned uh sent them to me but I um I rediscovered this week a a rapper named Ka and he has an album out called Descendants of Cain," and um, it's just this really interesting look at like stereotypes through religious uh, beliefs about like different black people groups of and and struggles and like and so, what I really like about it is it's taking this like old biblical story and then kind of using it as a parallel to today, and like looking at like Black Lives Matter from the summer and and other recent events. Um, and so, this is it was a really good album by the artist. It's called Ka K A.
0: Wow! That sounds heady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very heady. And you want to know something that's not heady at all? (laughs) At all? The topic of our discussion today, okay, Yosef wanted to do, or Yusuf, I'm sorry, I keep uh, pronouncing it wrong, I believe, but Yusuf wanted to do Drake's 2017 album, Playlist, whatever the hell you want to call it, More Life. It holds a very special place in my heart because it's not heady, and I'll explain later why. But Yosef, uh, take us through, you know, just take us through your life in March of 2017 and why this album hits so hard for you, why you keep listening to Passion Fruit as you bike around Logan and try to avoid cars, you know, going down the Dugway.
2: Yeah, so spring of 2017, uh, March would have been three years after the, uh, Donald Trump was inaugurated. I was living in a new in a new apartment, kind of. I just started a new job that I was really excited about. Um, it was a five K front run company, the most money I've, I've ever made out of job, and I was just living the high life. Um, and I started talking to some meeting some new people too through just Twitter. Um, uh, Apple Music, I don't know when Apple Music launched, I think they may have launched in 2015 or 2016. Apple Music was on the rise in 2017 and OVO Sound Radio was just great. I had to listen to one session with a friend and um, he had offered to come to my place and it was me, my roommate Nick, current roommate Nick, my friend Ryan, uh, friend Alec and someone else that showed up to my apartment we just listened to OVO Sound Radio. They are like, I think this might be the day he drops his new album. So we actually listened to it as a playlist. I listened to it live when it was when it came out. And Passion Fruit was just the song that really just in the moment the weather, I think it was like 65 degrees. You know that, you know when it gets like above 50 degrees in March and Logan and you're like, fuck it. I'm just gonna like put on just the shortest shorts I can find and t-shirt. I'm gonna go out about town. I don't care if yes. it's tomorrow, but today I it, I'm in paradise. It was that, it was that, that describes the day, you know. Um, recently just had gotten a bike, so I was just zipping around Logan. Um, but yeah, unless this album came out, um, anytime, anytime I would be riding around Logan, I'd listen to, I'd list like the first, beginning of spring and just summer, it was on my shower playlist, it was on my workout playlist, it was on my run playlist, it was just passion, was my favorite song. But the whole album, the first eight songs are, undefeated there isn't a single album that has the best first eight songs ever to exist that's my hot take on the pod um yeah like you said it was commercially billed as a playlist slash mixtape came out march 18th um heard on like uh obio sound Radar. features like 11 artists ranging from young thug to skepta to quavo um to georgia smith uh kanye it, one thing i love about this album is that you can't just pigeonhole it i mean it's r&b it's afrobeat it's dancehall, it's grime it's trap it's every you know what i mean it's just drake being a globetrotter you know the man got a passport and just went across the world and just put out an album um yeah it, it passion fruit or just like this album the first eight album songs this album itself has done more for my seasonal depression than well could do in like A million lifetimes so that's
0: (laughs) this album yeah it makes me so happy whenever I listen to it and I I admitted this earlier Drake is at his best when he's not taking himself seriously and what I mean by that is that Drake is one of the corniest musicians that we've ever seen he loves fame To the point that I believe he's basically an entertainer, Mm -hmm. even transcending uh, being a musician or being a rapper, R&B singer, what have you. So with this album, he really just said, like, screw it. And yeah, he bought a passport. He learned about a bunch of different ways to sing. And he made a bunch of really funny songs and a bunch of songs that just like, yeah, they hit. This was the spring I met you, I believe. Yeah. We had a, we had a summit at the Tandoori, the original Tandoori with the lunch buffet. Okay. This is, this, this is very, very advanced stuff. And I really do think of Logan whenever I listen to Passion Fruit. I think of walking home from, uh, from mm-hmm. campus. Blake, what, what memories did yeah, yeah listen from you? Yes. I, I was going to say, I, I listened to this on,
1: I had to, Wake up super early to get to the computer lab job that I had on campus. You know, the little late person that sits at the front of the door and like checks people's IDs. So that was me, and like to get up in the morning and get some energy because I had to bike up the Dugway Hill. But apparently, <laughs> <laughs> maybe if we just missed each other. Um, I just had to I put on passion fruit also, and it was just such a fun. It was way more fun to ride home to than it was in the morning but i think of i it's really funny i think of logan all the time with this song too and the whole album like like uh like uh, portland was a big song whenever i was like trying to trying to get it ready for the next house party that i was going to be going to that was the energy that i wanted to bring just the random little food
0: yes this was a huge house party album um, I listened to Drake sing in a Caribbean Patois, like while drinking, a you know, a Pabst Blue Ribbon warm, of course, more times than I can recount this album. And it felt like Lil Yachty, like that song Broccoli, broccoli. like that was all that was on while we were trying to drink tre- cheap, cheap booze. <laughs> oh, pick up the phone. that was the
2: trifecta that was the god. that was like that was the trinity pick up the phone yes
0: and this was this was early Migos okay so when Quavo's on the song it's not like Mountain Dew commercial Quavo it is like Quavo
2: hungry Quavo that's like wanting to make it you know yeah
0: yes <laughs> yes and I think that I will admit this is my favorite Drake album I don't know where y'all stand I also like Uh, what a time to be alive with future and if you're reading this it's too late love those and like we said he's not taking himself seriously there are surprise drops it's not like views or scorpion where he hyped it up so much and then it just fell flat
2: are you guys familiar with the story about the uh, release day and why it was pushed back to march
1: well, no. in true
2: Drake fashion, he had sustained – he suffered an ankle injury while on tour for summer 16 in December. It was when it was slated to drop. Oh, summer, so he pushed it back three months. to so he just didn't recover from his ankle injury.
0: Dude, okay. One of the funniest things about Drake, again, he's the corniest musician. He thinks he's an athlete. <laughs> he thinks – Champagne Poppy thinks that he should be catching passes for the Dallas Cowboys, Okay. Oh, yeah. He thinks that he should be suiting up for the Washington Wizards every night, or the Toronto Raptors. I guess that's mm-hmm. his—that's his team. But he really is so funny, dude. He had to—he pushed it back because he. Oh my gosh, I love that detail.
2: I know that was what I, I lost it. When I am like. This, this, this album, this project is just even greater. Like I'm glad it came out in March instead of December because it'd just be so weird listening to Passion Fruit and Blem and Mighty Mighty Bye in December. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah,
1: back to something y'all said too. With with his with with traveling as a way to kind of get a different musical like d- DNA for the album. I think that's probably why I like it so much. Is like it's 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 it feels global, but in a, like a poppy way. And so like, it's not truly global, or else he'd just let the people that he met sing on the album. It's not collaborative at all. But, like, it's still fun because it's, it's helping me, you know, have a broader world and also narrowing at the same time. I don't know. It's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I think, it's, I think that is a good point because a lot of people probably get their musical taste through artists like Drake. I mean, Drake is a – I mean, the, the definition of pop music is music made for a popular audience, which is, like, the biggest audience – possible which means it's going to cater to the lowest common denominator of taste supposedly that's the i'm making rash generalities and i'm not saying any of this to discourage pop music or people who like it but like a lot of people listen to drake that is the kind of the definition of popular music so when he introduces people like gigs like black coffee who's a pretty pretty famous house dj georgia smith very good singer, R&B singer. Sampha, another really good R&B singer. You know, Quavo, Travis Scott, they're pretty established by this point. Uh, Party Next Door, Drake has always put on. I think that he's OVO as well. It's very interesting to see where he is drawing his collaborators from. And then he has a whole song with Skepta, who's a, a a grime rapper who a lot of people in America probably didn't know before... Listening to Drake, honestly.
2: Yeah, Drake. I think he just had a good time with this. I, I I don't know how he responded to the. I mean, he probably was happy they got rich off of views, but views was, in my opinion, a bust because it didn't. Those cheats. Yeah, it was it was big booty. Um, but yeah, and then more like him. I'm like, okay, this is the Drake. Drake just having fun, not taking him ser- seriously, even though he knows he's the biggest cornball. Drake is at his best when he leans into what we th- already think of him, you know. But when he's like in denial, he's like, oh no, I'm a gangster. I'll I'll, I'll fight you. Like the, that beef, that one stretch when he had to beef with, um, Meek Mills was so dumb. And then that summer when he had beef with Pusha T was also so dumb. Like Drake just this is where i this again i actually would say this is my favorite project by drake and also what a time to be alive but yeah just drake just being carefree just doing patois putting on grimes rappers just being completely random so
0: you know <laughs> that's what yeah he has a severe case of being random on this album yeah. <laughs> he has a song <laughs> one of the tracks is called "Mabata rhythm okay i said this earlier but i I can't say that any other way, so you can't get mad at me for trying to impersonate a person from the Caribbean islands. One, one thing that I also love about this album is this is the point in time in Drake's career when he was trying to make uh, whiskey, and I think he probably still does. I haven't checked up on it. He keeps shouting out his whiskey brand called Virginia Black, and honestly, I have not thought about Virginia Black since 2017 yeah and i i loved hearing him shout that out as i love drake being in the lab (laughs) trying to figure out like i'm gonna make the next hennessy like oh my gosh dude
2: (laughs) did you know that um madiba is supposed to reference nelson mandela (laughs) it's just that's just how Drake is just the biggest cornball. Drake has to name drop has to like reference like he's just in the studio just trying to make these very just like lame connections to things you know he's a guy he's a kid in English class who took uh, similes and metaphors way too seriously you know
0: yeah he always has to have a point of (laughs) reference he always has to be referencing something yeah maybe that speaks to a larger point in our like patterns of consumption with art and culture but he really takes reference to the next level everything is a reference
1: yeah it's hard to even talk about like a drake album without having a thousand different references you know like other music you it's, it's self-contained and this isn't like you have to constantly no it's like water. reference other artists and other yeah exactly
0: yeah drake is, is kind drake of the like fun thing about it yeah it is because yeah, he kind of just take well i was just gonna say he kind of just takes up the shape of whatever he decides to put himself into so he's like, okay, I'm going to be, and you even saw it on views. Like he kind of did, he kind of does the Jamaican dance hall music on views a little bit. Like he, he just decides like, Oh, I'm going to be like from Jamaica. Or I'm going to sing with like an Arab accent. I don't even know what an Arab accent sounds like, but you know what I mean? We yeah. we referenced it earlier. He has songs where he's like t- talking about like smoking hookah and calling himself Habibi, like, he really does just kind of take on whatever he surrounds himself with, much like Kanye West. Kanye West is totally guilty of that. He sounds exactly like Travis Scott on Yeezus. He's kind of admitted to just taking that flow. He kind of admitted to taking Kid Cudi's flow on uh, – which one is it? I don't even know. But these these big artists, they kind of fall into that sometimes. And yeah, Kanye is also at his best when he's not taking himself seriously, I think. But that's that's not here for another day. Um, we talked about some of our favorite quotes earlier. What are do y'all have any more written down?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I got a line off of Free Smoke that it just sends me through. The <laughs> me and Gibbs was about that eating Applebee's an Outback Hilton rooms double up writing our names on a double cup drink was a child actor in what <laughs> in what world does he think that he was like I, he probably i, I don't know was, like in what world does he think he's like struggling find Has like hold on to like a red solo cup by like writing on his name make sure that like no one
0: steals it his command of the english language is a real treat, oh, yes. <laughs> a real treat. I <laughs>
1: did drunk- you have any brendan Oh, go ahead. No, so the I drunk text, t- uh, I drunk
2: text JLo, old number, bounce back. I mean, I know he had like, <laughs> like oh, God, that one. I'm like, this man loves to just lie about like. <laughs> he really does love to lie. <laughs> he's a liar guy, you know, and that's what I love about. That's what I love about this album is he's just like, it's liar guy excellence, you know.
0: Yeah, okay. Here's a line on. Uh, here's a line on Portland. One of the better song. One of the best songs on the album. Intro. Mm-hmm. Murder on the beat. So it's not nice. Yeah, it's a Habibi's ting. Okay, he's mixing two different types of like cultural <laughs> slang there. Not I'm not gonna touch that. But the the line is yeah. My side girl got a 5S with the screen cracks. Still hit me back right away. All time. All time line, All time line. another here's a here's, yeah, a, here's I, a, I, a here's an example I'll, of the I'll I'll, I'll I'll finish with this one here's an example of the jamaican accent i seen man turn fool for the money one too many times i seen some girls turn their back on their best friend from time that's the end of the one go on blake
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i was just gonna say in the same in the same uh in in also in portland like at the very end there's these I don't really think I don't buy his skirt skirt very very much, but he is like he has the skirt skirt. Oh, Michael Phelps with the swim moves, skirt skirt. Oh, Michael Jordan with the tennis shoes. <laughs> it's
0: just so, that is
1: one of the best ones. it's just so easy, which is funny because he stole he on on another line he stole from Kanye. Um, oh, so the line is. She want to get, this is in Gall- Gallagher, Gallister. Um, she want to get married tonight, but I can't take a knee because I'm wearing all white. Like, that's <laughs> that's just, originally a Kanye line. <laughs> He's just like, oh, that's still good. I'm going to take that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Me and my broski are twins, but we don't look alike. I don't yeah. take naps. I know that um, <laughs> it is kind of a bit to just, write, just read rap lyrics out of context, but they are really so funny. I know. <laughs>
2: well even even uh young plug has a line on sacrifice where he goes um growing up i was a running back you never made me run run ran twice just like they just really love the double entendre and just yeah the smallest connection to words it they're they're wordsmith man i I love it man this is why i love this album it just there's so many that line (laughs)
0: <laughs> so many gems yeah that line reminds me of on views when drake says my city loved me like a college running back
1: <laughs> it's a marathon oh,
2: but i gotta but i still gotta win the race I don't- <laughs> um we
0: we don't we've come to the consensus that we don't really think that there are any bad songs on this album not so much <laughs> nah, we did I, I speak for the group when i say this uh well i'll just speak for myself i didn't really like um the instrumentals on the song with samfo forty four twenty two. i think blake mentioned also that the mm-hmm. the hook or the the bridge is like not it just doesn't fit with the song the instrumentals are all out of whack and kind of like trippy synthed out and I just don't think it works with his lyrics, yeah. but it fades really well into the next song, so maybe that's why they did it. But the the Samfo vocals are so good; yeah. I wish Samfo would come out with new music. Sheesh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, were there mm-hmm. any other low spots for you guys on the on the album, besides that one? I don't. I really don't think that there are any bad songs on this. There
2: aren't any bad songs, yeah. but "Glow" doesn't fit with the rest of the album, and that, like, it's just Drake and whoever's featured on the song just having a good time. I think Kanye is just, like, he's just there. I think the time, I mean, 20, like it, it was great, I mean, great to have a Kanye feature, but, like, it's the one that just hasn't, like, aged well. Every, every album, yeah. every
0: song, is yeah. just, aged,
2: like, fine wine, you know.
0: Yeah, I thought he had better features in 2017, <laughs> 2018, mm-hmm. and he, coming off of Life of Pablo, mm-hmm. he actually had some alright ones and then yeah this one that one didn't really stand out to me either fake love yep. fake love has to be one yeah, of I, my favorite all-time mm. songs um sorry Blake go ahead
1: mm. no I it was I just oh, the thing that I I agree on on um glow but the reason I can't I just get super. I don't know why oh it makes me uncomfortable I just had a realization so the the line your boy all glowed up from kanye like it doesn't make sense and i think it's they're doing one of those things where they're introducing a new like like a like some kind of metaphor representation of something you know like um like kendrick lamar did that with um yams like that's a very like in context when you understand it you it's a it's a cool line and it helps like create a new image but glow is not one of those and so I think that's why I really don't like that song I can't listen to it again but yep can we I need better one,
0: diction can I
2: share one more insane line please uh, like Mara Lutherman man I had a dream oh my god come on
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> your, your faith could Ding never man, your fave could never
0: Oh yeah, and who was who? Which one of <laughs> us was talking about the the feature from his mom? That's the Michelle Obama quote.
2: Obama, yeah. When they go low, we go high. Uh, it's on. Um, can't um, can't have everything. It's like "Yeah."
0: That is the seventeenth song on this, and that's where he put his mother's voice in the outro. That, <laughs> <The> outro. <laughs> yes 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 and his dad's on the cover that yes that is his dad his name is dennis he is somewhat of an internet celebrity because he's drake's dad and he does have a, a good mustache still but yes everything it's almost like he went ironic like he knew what he was doing with this yeah. i like to think that oh yeah. but he still had a lot of fun with it
2: drake absolutely knows what he's doing like he's very intelligent like he he's like possesses such like a very has like a high like corporate iq like he knows when when he like when he when it comes to, like album release time like he knows how to make makes himself relevant enough to like keep people in, in engaged you know and interested in whatever project he's about to put out which is why i'm shocked yeah. he hasn't like really done anything in film you know or, other types of entertainment because he would just kill it like like you said like him hosting the golden globes or the espies or something would be really incredible
0: well he is famously an ep on euphoria and that that is more behind the scenes and i i've heard the analysis before this is not my take that euphoria is shot like a music video and that is possibly an influence of drake i'm i mean i this is going off of you know fourth hand information but that that does make a lot of sense to me that yeah he is just he's our best entertainer i wish that he would host the the grammys i think he would do a great job i want him to put out I mean you 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 even said like he's so intelligent with like the marketing and stuff. Think of the God's plan music video where he's just giving money out to people and he's like pointing at the sky like he's like talking to God. Yeah. And people like that's a great song. I'm sorry, it's a good song. And even then the isn't that the line where he's like only love my bed and my mama. I'm sorry. Like yeah. come on, dude. You <laughs> mean <laughs>
2: I guess it finally hear me why I love um, uh, this project so much is like every you can find an Instagram caption almost every song you know and, and that's kind of says a lot for like all of Drake's music you know people love to caption his lyrics um, and I also realized he's an he's an EP on Top Boy and also the reason why it came back like it was canceled after I want to say two seasons and netflix brought it back because drake watched it on netflix and really loved it so much that he's like hey i'm willing to do anything to get this show back and yeah he's the reason why the show like yeah was brought back after like an eight-year hiatus or something wow like he funded it or <laughs> he
1: just was I he like funding for it. i don't think
2: he funded himself but i think he like secured funding because he was like oh I'm, I'm attaching my name to this it's going to be great and other people kind of signed on to the project
1: hmm. interesting yeah
2: the first two seasons yeah take place in the early 2000s and the third one is clearly takes place in like the 2010s but yeah like with like his EP before like his influence is out there but which is why I love this album you know it's just like Drake just taking a step back and just having a good time not taking himself seriously I don't think he, I don't think he cared for commercial success even though I like that the numbers um it shattered streaming that day Six sixty one point three million streams on Spotify, which broke um, Ed Sheeran's record previously held. It was like fifty six point seven, and then is eighty nine point nine million streams on Apple Music in one day.
0: Yeah, I remember streaming it on the first day it came out. It was sick. Yeah, so sick, dude. And fake love, fake love did come out in January, and I think one other single came out, and I. I I guess I just was not on the radar, but it totally took me by surprise. And Passion Fruit, like you said, really was the song of that summer in a way that few other songs were, for me personally at least. Yeah,
2: Passion Fruit and He Stroke really held me down from like 2016 to 2018.
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was a great, great summer for music. Got the Calvin Harris the that Calvin Harris album, yeah man. That's that's just good old fashioned fun. Yeah. Do we do we have any more thoughts on um, Big Drizzy, Big Scorpion Hours? Uh I I don't know what else I what, can say. One, oh one, yes, please.
1: no, I it's just my concluding thought. Like there I think I think why I like the album is that he had like a theme. Of like it's called more you know more life and he kind of peppers that through each song, and that's mm-hmm. the only big theme through the whole thing, which is why it holds together. But like as he just sometimes like I don't remember who said this, but like the best writers, we just tell them what you want them to know, and like that's <laughs> that's what this album's about. It's just like brought like it's just kind of a focused on gratitude and just having a fun time.
0: and just Um,
1: embracing life to the fullest so
0: yeah i i I totally agree it is really just a um, a collection of songs about like (laughs) getting the most out of life and like what life is about (laughs) and big upping life
2: (laughs) yeah more life is like jamaican slang for to wish someone well so i mean the, like like so the entire premise is just like just good vibes off the bat that's not the pat like i feel like i'm just sound like a broken i love passion fruit. this by this song is it's the equivalent of like a vibey version of marvin's room but it's just like catchy because it's just like big tunes you know what i mean like that, that like that tropical like dance beat dance hall influence makes passion fruit like just an undefeated song even though it was talking about like the difficulties of long distance relationship
0: so with that we move on to the final section of our show today our one big shout out one big recommendation one big vibe for the week i'll go first uh we talked a about, lot about addiction with the piece the cover piece about isaiah rashad and i wanted to shout out a book that really helped me under or, i'll shout out two books that helps me understand a lot about addiction and the addiction crisis in our country. One is called Dope Sick by Beth Macy. It is kind of a, not not so much an oral history, but a really good recount of the opioid crisis in Appalachia and the East Coast of the United States. Very informative, very well researched, tells a lot of very good personal stories highly recommend it. Even if you don't read it, it makes a good listen. I listened to it as an audiobook. And then the other book I want to shout out is called Beautiful Boy. It is the story of a father and his son as they kind of travel through the perils of addiction and I'm I'm blanking on the author right now. I'm trying to find it. They made it into a movie as well with Steve Carell, Steve Carell, and Timothy Chalamet. But the book really hits on what it's like to have someone in your family be an addict, and the mental and physical and just all around toll it can take, and how rehab centers a lot of times aren't the best, uh, like don't serve people. And how addiction isn't always solved by by rehab. It takes a very comprehensive strategy and maybe many visits to rehab. So if you're wanting to learn more about addiction and the perils of addiction, I would highly recommend those two books to you. So that was <laughs> that was long-winded. But does anyone want to go next? Does anyone have a burning passion?
2: Either I don't but I recently finished Ted Lasso on Apple TV it's it's a TV show based on a character Jason Sudeikis played in a NBC Sports commercial seven years ago where he plays an American football coach who takes up a job coaching an English football club um it's very lighthearted it's very fun Jason Sudeikis does a great southern accent I binge watched six episodes in one day is that good. Um, the last time I did watch a show that much was killing Eve season one. So highly recommend um, Ted Lasso on HBO on Apple TV. And then the new season comes out this summer. So something to look forward to. Sounds
1: great. I, I've, yeah, I've, no, it's two, two people have told me about that. So I gotta, that's the rule. Um, I, I, uh, I think it was this week. Um, but the New York Times published, oh, it was two days ago, the New York Times published a long form piece about um, what it's like, what Joe, Joe, President Joe Biden's like as an executor. And so I just thought it was really fascinating to hear like, they, they interviewed 20 or 30 aides and different people within the White House to kind of get a picture of how he makes decisions and little details to like um, what kind of candy he keeps in the desk, and uh, not apparently he doesn't need it. He doesn't, he, uh, my favorite little throwaway piece about it, <laughs> Joe Biden's presidency was he doesn't allow leafy salads to be served in in public dinners because he's nervous that like pieces will get caught in his teeth and get photographed with them, So he just like no salad, <laughs> no salad for state dinners. But yeah, it was a really good piece that just kind of goes through and it gives, I mean, and it's important because a lot of times that um, the process of a president, I mean, we've talked about it most recently because of how bad Donald Trump's process was as a president. Um, but it's 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 the thing that makes a presidency successful or not is like the 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 leadership and involvement in how things roll out so it's fun to read and uh yeah no leafy salads for joe biden
0: i like to I like to imagine the candy that he keeps in the drawer is just a melting ice cream cone <laughs> <laughs> Not to comment yeah, on his intelligence, funny, but I think it's I think it's just a funny image. So take that yeah, with you if you that want. That is good. <laughs> Joe Biden known for liking ice cream,
2: like old person candy like where are those originals or those like strawberry <laughs> those candies with the strawberry foil.
0: Oh yeah. yes,
2: yeah. Yeah, I, so, I actually oh, yeah, probably yeah. think
0: that it's closer to those. Yeah. <laughs> hey
2: kid, you wanna you wanna you wanna you wanna tootsie roll? Hey Mac hey, they, hey they,
1: see. they had like <laughs> his granddaughter's comment too on like what it's like to they call him I think they call him uh, Papa
0: so, oh.
1: and it's, it's so many fun little things like that um, I want to that, do
0: my I want to do my impersonation of Joe Biden so bad but I'm not going to I can't embarrass myself like that <laughs>
2: You guys, do you guys remember that meme where there's like, Papa? No one showed up to dinner. Papa's eating by himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, you bought twelve burgers.
2: Yeah. Joe Biden's business. Uh, no one showed up to Papa's Day dinner, so he's eating eating the salad by himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's good eating twelve leafy salads. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fellas, this is a this was a really good time. I had so much fun listening to Drake. Uh, listening to passion fruit while you're doing anything biking making dinner uh you know dancing with a a significant other whatever you know playing pickleball do what you want with it but it's a great soundtrack to your life thanks so much Joseph, for coming on it's been it's been so fun i had a great time listening to this while i was making a salad earlier so thanks so much again for coming on
2: yeah thanks for having me thanks for letting me uh, talk about my uh Love for passion fruit in this album.
1: Yeah, come back. Come back. Bring more Drake.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring more Drake, please. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been episode 15. We will see you on the next one. Go listen to some Drake. Bye.
1: <laughs>